everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. everyone. Today's special guest is Liz Enton. She is an author and a podcast host of What the Fuck Just Happened, all about the afterlife. Welcome, Liz. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you here today to talk about what the fuck. So let's talk about the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah, great. So I have um, a podcast about it. And it's also, you know, what the fuck just happened all about the afterlife. No woo. And then my book is what the fuck just happened. A sciencey skeptic explores grief, healing and evidence of an afterlife. So I take a very evidence science based non woo approach to finding out if there's an afterlife, which has been absolutely transformative for my worldview and life. What sparked your interest in the afterlife to begin with? Well, unfortunately, in 2015, my dad passed away and I was raised culturally Jewish, but atheist, very secular and something like an afterlife never crossed my mind. We weren't like ardent atheists. You know, often you'll see atheists are a backlash to a religious upbringing. It was just a very secular culture and it just never crossed my mind. There'd be any valid reason to think consciousness could survive without a brain. So that was kind of the angle I was coming from when I decided to investigate because my dad and I were very close. So that was devastating and kind of unexpected. And How did you investigate this? Well, it began initially with just a thought, I guess two very early stage thoughts that kind of propelled the whole investigation. The very first that even opened my mind in the first place was I had a thought could we turn back time because even if we are, we don't really know there could be a way we're doing it all the time. And we don't even know it if we're going back in time. And it wasn't like a logical, Oh, this is a good solution to my dad moving into hospice. But it was one of those sort of, if anyone's had a traumatic loss, all losses are traumatic. So if anyone's had a loss, um, you're, brain just kind of goes through, at least with me, um, every single possibility. And one of them was, oh, could there be time travel? And it was just this, that's where I got that thought that if there was, there's a good chance we wouldn't even know it if we truly were going back and going back to our old selves. So I just, out of kind of curiosity is what tends to get me through really dark times. So I decided to read about time travel and I found all these theories and books on I by Einstein and the best physicists that really show that, yes, time travel is actually possible. It's not practical, but theoretically, if we could 
get advanced enough to build certain equipment. And uh, I mean, it's going into a whole physics thing to explain how, but yes, time travel is possible and time is not as linear and constrained and exact as how we perceive it. So then my next thought was, well, time, something we just completely take for granted as humans is more flexible than we perceive. What else could there be? And so that was my very next thought was, okay, so consciousness is created by our brain neurons firing. That's what I thought at the time. I don't necessarily think that anymore. And if that happened once and I got to experience being a person and being conscious, why could that not happen again? I would be a different person, but at least that's better than having consciousness permanently obliterated. And it made more sense to me that if I got to experience being a person one time, that it would happen again. It seemed more likely than not, especially if you go into other iterations of other galaxies and big bangs and big crunches for all of eternity, which to me seems most likely than this is the only time in all of eternity we've had a planet that hosts conscious complex life. So I Googled that and I found scientific researchers, um, two child psychiatrists. One has since passed away. He passed in 2003 and his mentee, Dr. Jim Tucker took over. So these are Dr. Ian Stevenson and Dr. Jim Tucker. They are child psychiatrists, professors at the University of Virginia, and they study cases of kids with past life memories from a database perspective. They get the memories and then start doing a very data-based research funded by the University of Virginia, through the University of Virginia, and they're getting accurate results. And they have what they call solved cases where they match kids with who their previous personality would have been. And it's absolutely, I mean, when you start delving into their cases, also learning how valid they are in their approach, it is just, I mean, I had never even could have fathomed something like this. It was probably the most life-changing thing I had ever learned about at that point. And I also found out there's a whole department through the University of Virginia that studies different components of this called the Division of Perceptual Studies. And they have researchers, professors, doctors, all statisticians, all studying various components of an afterlife. So it's just, I didn't even know what to say. I, I mean, my immediate thought was, that there's a catch I'm not smart enough to see. <laughs> so that was my thought for a long time. Did you ever get any compelling evidence of an afterlife yourself? Oh my God, I got so much. So the first few months were spent with my reading all the studies, all the research, you know, mentioned Dr. Tucker. There's Dr. Bruce Grayson, who studies cases of kids with past life memories. There are um, Sir Roger Penrose and Dr. Stuart Hameroff, who are studying the physics of how there could be an afterlife or consciousness not created by a brain. And they work with Dr. Stephen Hawking, or he worked since he's passed. But so I was just delving into all these valid people. And among them, I found Dr. Julie Beischel and Mark Bakutsi. They're married and they have a research center called the Winbridge Research Center. And they study, they do up to quintuple blinded studies on psychic mediums. And I was like, could 
no, no, no way. Mediums, that's total bullshit. No way. I was like, but let me read the studies. Let me read the books. And I read their studies. I read their books. And I was just like, no way. If this is true, there's no way. Like, uh, the biggest scientists would be all over this. But can't hurt to look. And so I went down the list. I found a medium. And I picked the first one I found that was she was based in New York because I was like, I've got to watch this in person to see how she's cheating and if she's cheating. So I reach out to her. She has a very long wait list, but she also had workshops. So I was like, okay, I'll go to one of her workshops. And at the same time, I went to an event very coincidentally with my mom related to work through her institute. My mom thinks this is all nonsense. Like she's a therapist, has worked with neuroscientists, believes none of this. But one of her colleagues had recently passed away and his wife was there. And she happened to tell me she believed she was connecting to him and had gone to a medium. I was like, okay, let me get the name of the medium. I'll try it. And this medium I got through my mom's colleague, I'm not going to give her name because she apparently was just doing this for a little while and not doing it anymore. The other one I will give her name is Laura Lynn Jackson. Um, she has her wait list closed, but she does great events with some with scientists. And this other medium I went to, she was not studied by scientists. I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible, but let me try. And so I book my session. I hide my, give a fake name, fake email. I use a VPN on my computer in case she has some you know, technology that's able to trace where it's coming from and do, you know, work with the FBI or whoever. So I protect my identity, go to a reading. Oh my God, this woman knew stuff she could not have known. She, I mean, just crazy stuff. And she knew that my cat had just passed away. She said, my cat's with my dad and my dad's holding my cat and it's the sweet one who just passed away. Um, I hadn't posted this on social media anywhere. I kind of disappeared from the world for a while after losing my dad. She knew my grandmother had lost a baby really young. Um, there weren't the same public records. I mean, Instagram, internet didn't even exist back then. Where would that have been posted? She knew my dad's favorite color. She didn't say, oh, that's his favorite color. But she's like, in the book, I call it green. I disguise some things just so I can keep getting evidential readings. But she's like, why is your dad sending me a burst of green? And it's not even like he just liked that color. He had a whole room painted that color in our apartment and would always wear it. And thing after thing that I was just like, she cannot know this stuff. This is crazy. She caught aspects of his personality. One thing that really stood out to me was in the end, she said, what? She like looked confused for a second. It was like she was communicating with him and she's like, okay. I just asked him since it was wind, we're winding down if he wanted to say he loved you. And he said, eh, she knows what I think of her. I don't need to say that. And he would say that to me. I'd be like, I love you, dad. He'd be like, okay, bye. And I was like, wait, I love you. Don't you love me? And he'd be like, eh, you know what I think of you. So it was just, I mean, that's just part of what she got. I was like, how? So of course I don't walk away and think. She this she was accurate. I mean, I did, but I was also like, there's got to be a catch. There's no way. Like, I'm probably someone who's a trained stage magician and mentalist maybe would know. So I just kept investigating further and further. I went to got more readings. I went to that woman, Laura's workshops, where 
I asked her if she knew good researchers that I could volunteer with. And that was like a life changing thing because she put me in touch with my mentor, um, Fran Ginsburg, and her husband, Bob Ginsburg. And Fran has sadly since passed, but they have an organization called the Forever Family Foundation with a board of scientists and mediums who've passed up to Quinn, Quinta, uh, sorry, not Quintuple Blindness Studies. That's Dr. Julie Bachel's with Winbridge, but a group of mediums who have passed science based testing that they have certified and these mediums have to get accurate information and specific information under controls where they cannot cheat and cannot cold read. And like an example of they has to be accurate and specific. Cause there's a lot that's accurate. Like, Oh, you have a grandmother who really loved you and she would like bake you cookies when you were little. I mean, that's probably accurate to most people, but that's not very specific. So it would have to be like both, you know, that's just a layer of evidence I've gotten. These mediums gave you the belief that there is an afterlife. That was the beginning for you. These mediums gave me, I don't like to use the word belief, but I would say they gave me really strong evidence that I thought it was likely. And I thought first I thought it was possible. Then I've moved now to probable. I'd say a preponderance of evidence. Do you have personal experiences, not only research, but personal experiences yourself of the afterlife? I mean, I haven't had a near-death experience or anything, but I mean, that would be pretty cool if I had. (laughs) I mean, given that I was healed and without all the medical issues related to having one, um, I haven't like visited the afterlife or anything but I've gotten signs from my dad. I once had a really weird experience and this seems to happen to a lot of people when they begin researching it where I um, got mediumistic information myself twice. And what was interesting about that was I had a lot of physiological feelings during it. Um, It was weird. Like in one of them, it was at one of the forever family foundation events. And there were a panel of their mediums there who were giving us, anyone who wanted to try to give a medium reading was not a medium. They would give feedback. And I went to do it as a joke. Like I was like, I'll do a cold reading and practice cold reading skills. Not that I would, I mean, cold reading to deceive people is very unethical, but I was just learning a bit about it just so I could recognize. And cold reading is completely fine for parties, stage magic, but not to trick people. I just want to make that disclaimer. But I started to try to do what I thought would be a cold reading. And I started getting accurate information that was being confirmed. And it was incredibly weird because for one example, I was feeling all these kind of waves moving through my body and around my body. And this was Shortly after I was coming out of like my deep grief depression. So I just was like, oh, this must be brain neurons healing from trauma and going back in the world. And I've never experienced a loss like this. I've never experienced a healing like this. So I assumed it was like a physiological response to brain neurons. But what was so crazy was I started to feel all these waves. Then I felt them consolidate in my heart. 
and start to explode and explode. And I was like, did someone die of a heart attack? And the person I was reading who was a medium, he's like, yes. Then I felt everything move to my head and start bursting in one spot. And I was like, brain tumor? I was like, wait, no, it's bursting an aneurysm. And he said, yes. And it was so weird because it was so physiological. And I mean, a good medium who you actually are paying should know more than to say, did someone die of a heart attack? Did someone die of an aneurysm? But someone who's not a medium who is suddenly getting those physiological responses, it, that was tr a transformative moment for me. You said that you received signs. Did you receive signs from your father? Because many people will say, oh, I, I received some signs from my loved one, and this is the sign I got. What signs did you get? So here, I would say, are two of the most compelling. I went, so early on, I'd been reading about signs, and I kind of thought it was bullshit. But I was like, you know, because the first thing I think of is, uh, it, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the Boehner Meinhof. It's, it's the frequency illusion, where as soon as you decide to think about something, you notice it everywhere. So that's what I assumed signs were. So the first one that I got, you know, even though I'd been dismissing the idea of signs, I was walking through Central Park. Again, I grew up in New York, so I'm not like, I walk fast and I don't tend to stop and stare at things. And I got like into this very dreamy meditative state and I saw a model boat in the boat pond in Central Park as I started to walk through it. There are never model boats there anymore. There used to be a long time ago when I was a child. And I don't remember when it stopped, but I remember being like two and three and four. I don't know, maybe five it stopped. I, I don't know how old, but I used to see them all the time there. And then I didn't, but I never thought about it. So I see this beautiful model boat sitting in there. And for some reason, normally I would just walk past it. I start focusing on it, like in this meditative zoned out state, just, and I start walking slowly towards it. And I walk around and I see on the side of it, it has my dad's name on it. And I was like, that is so weird. But I was like, oh, that must be a coincidence. <laughs> so, but I noted it. I mean, now looking back, I think that's pretty amazing. And then I'd say the most remarkable sign I got is um, I got a bunch of green feathers from him. So they always say feathers are signs. And again, I would put that, I think, I always thought that was complete bullshit because it's not that hard to see feathers and they blow in the wind. And so, but the way I got them was around the same time I saw the boat, I was walking down the street and I saw a green feather and I was like, Okay, I'm reading how feathers are signs. That's his color. How often do you see green feathers? Like, I'll consider it. I'll pick it up and carry it home. So I did. And then this turned into this whole crazy thing. Because fast forward a couple years later, I'm volunteering with Forever Family Foundation, really enmeshed with them. And I guess I had a reading with one of the mediums on the phone and I didn't really know her at this point. Actually, this was before I was enmeshed with them when I was just starting, when I had the reading. And I had a reading with her, and, you know, I ended up telling her who I am at the end. And she was like, do you have any questions for me? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to use that to 
try to get more evidence. So I asked if my dad had sent me any signs. And this medium, her name's Gina Simone. She's wonderful. And she said, well, you know, she'd given an evidential reading. And she said, well, I don't want to say exactly what, because I feel like when people ask for me to answer that, they then don't notice all the signs that they maybe would have gotten. She's like, so let's say you wanted me to say green feather. I was like, Gina, it was a green feather. She's like, okay, well, there you go. Then fast forward. This is when it's like two years later, I guess, when I'm super enmeshed in Forever Family Foundation. And Gina is one of our mediums at an event. And I'm making social media little posts for about the event for Forever Family. And this was I guess before Reels blew up when every, and before TikTok, when everything was IGTV. So I was making little IGTV videos of the mediums. And Gina ends up leaving before I had a chance to make hers because they're very busy weekends. And so I feel really bad that I missed her. But, you know, I went to Fran, my mentor, and said, told her how bad I felt. She's like, oh, no big deal. Email Gina, you know, figure out if you can just, do a video recording and you can post it. So she's not left out. Perfect. Like solved. I shouldn't be thinking about it. So the whole train ride back to the city for some reason, it's like a, when a song's stuck in your head and I keep repeatedly in my brain thinking, I feel so bad. I miss Gina. That was so great. when she got the green feather. I go sleep at my parents' place that night. I still call my parents, even though just my mom's living, but kind of always will call it my parents. But I go there to pick up my animals and decide to sleep there. So next morning, I take them back to my apartment. And on the subway ride, for some reason, stuck in my head, like a song, I start thinking again. I feel so bad I miss Gina. That was so great when she got the green feathers. Then as I'm getting closer to my subway stop, I'm hearing, that was so great when she got the green feathers. So great when she got the green feathers. Walking up my stairs to my apartment, I'm just hearing green feathers, green feathers. Not like a voice, but like the way a song stuck in your head. Go into my room. Like, it's just like all I can think of is green feathers, green feathers. I'm trying to sit on my bed, get to work, open my laptop, work. I look over, there's a pile of green feathers sitting in my room. I was like, what the actual fuck? And I had roommates at the time, but even so, the odds of them, if they went into my room, happened to drop a pile of green feathers in my room, I don't know, I I took a photograph, emailed them to Fran, and I said, do you see these? Make sure I'm not hallucinating. This is what happened. And is there a lab I can send them to? She wrote back, yes, I see them. She didn't know of a lab. I just found out about a lab that studies things called apports, which this is called an apports when... And a port is something that supposedly like materializes from the other side, like an object, but you know, so I can't promise it isn't a port, but I mean, it's, that's the theory that it could be. So I'm going to send it to, into a lab and see if they come up with anything weird. You gave some examples of your experiences with mediums. Can you share the best and worst experiences you've had with medium readings? Ooh, okay. That's so I mentioned one of the best, which was my first one. Quite a few other really good ones. For example, 
this one medium, I guess when they've gotten my, they've gotten my dad's name, they've gotten other relatives names, um, you know, not so different from the first in that they get very accurate information. A large amount of them in the beginning always say the same woman seems to always come through first, which is my grandma, on my mom's side. Um, one, I remember once this was really great. He described my grandma coming in at first and then later. And then also through the reading, he kept saying, who's Eddie? There's an Eddie here. And I was like, I don't know an Eddie. He's like, well, write that down. Then he suddenly said in it, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's not Eddie. It's Betty. And it's a woman that she just said to me. You're not listening to me, which I thought was hilarious. I'm not a man. I'm a woman. And my name is Betty. And I was like, that's my grandma. And then my other grandma had come through in the beginning. My grandma Betty always comes in later. And then my other grandma, I give her a fake name in the book. I can't remember what it is because I don't, I, my, that, my grandma Betty, that's really her name. But I'm also really careful about giving names again for evidence. Um, so then my other grandma, the one who always comes in first, who he had described consistently the way a lot of other mediums had, he said, oh, and, and he gave the name, my other grandma's name and was like, and that was the first woman who came in. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Another medium who has sadly passed away, the one I just described his name, George Anderson, another medium who sadly passed away, Sandra O'Hara, said a few things. And one she said, who's, I mean, she got a lot of accurate things. She described my cat accurately who'd passed. She told me sadly that, um, this woman who's like always with our family, like family housekeepers since I was a child, got her name and said, check that she has stomach problems. I said, no, she's fine. She passed of stomach cancer a couple of years later. We didn't even know she had it. She also said, who's Joe? Your dad keeps talking about Joe. And she had mentioned some really amazing things that were accurate about my dad, his personality, what he liked to do. And she said, who's Joe? And I said, I don't know who's Joe. Like, could it be Josh? Like, she's like, no, J-O, but she's like, I'm getting J-O. So that part's right, but definitely not Josh. It's Joe. And I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, well, look out. He's going to be really important to you. And I was like, bullshit. Okay. A couple of years later, one of my best friends is now another medium called Joe Peretta. We've done experiments together. He has been like instrumental in my learning about afterlife evidence has become one of my close friends. So, and he ended up getting a reading with Sandra that really meant the world to him. So it was like this weird, I mean, that's just a small amount of really small amount of amazing, of bits from amazing readings I've had. Now onto the bad. (laughs) So the worst, I would say, there's there's different types of worst. There's some that they just, I think they were really good people. They were just not accurate and they weren't getting accurate information. And I've even had some that, and that can happen to even the best of mediums. Like there's one that I had an amazing reading with and then my friend went to her and she wasn't getting anything and she offered a refund. I mean, that's what a good medium will do if they're getting nothing accurate can't really hold that against someone if they're just either having an off day or there's unfortunately just some that are very you know some mediums who really believe they're doing this and they're just very like general and you know not giving evidence so that's 
one type of not good, but there are two terrible ones I had that stand out that I also would put into incredibly unethical. So one of them, I really think people need to know about this because this is a clear con. This woman, it's, it's, I knew it was going to be a con, but I was going for research. This, it's the storefront psychics and you go in and spend, they say, we'll do a psychic reading. And I was kind of testing my heart was in my throat because I was kind of testing, is this just a trick all of them have? And or is this going to be the same as the mediums I've been going to? But it wasn't. I mean, it was very clear right from the start. She was doing a lot of techniques that were very obvious and nothing was specific or obvious once you've started studying this. One example was she said that at one point she didn't connect with anyone who passed. She just did psychic. And she said, Money comes in one hand and out the other. And I'm terrible with money. And then like later in the reading, she said, oh, and you're really good at saving money. Now, that's what they'll sometimes do. That is one of the tricks. It's where people who believe this, you go in believing it, you want it to be true, and you're going to get help. Usually, you know, that's usually the reason most people go. So you're going to remember the parts that applied to you and forget the others. So that's the theory behind that. Some are probably more skilled at it than others. Another was general information. You know, some was just sizing me up age. Like I'm the time was like a mid twenties woman in New York, like people that age group in the city work really hard. So she said, you work all the time. You're exhausted. You're stressed. I'm like, these are all things that I could tell you. And I'm not a psychic. Exactly. Exactly. And she disguises it in like bows and ribbons of being like knowing her shit. And then the thing in the end, this is where it gets really dark, is she said, you know, first of all, she about sized up my age and told me, you know, I'm reading you're supposed to be married by 28. And she's like, how old are you? I was like, oh, I'm 28. So I'll be getting married this year. Great. And she said, no, oh, my God. No, no, no. You're supposed to have been married by now. That guy you used to date, she brought up, you know, that I'd had a relationship and tried to make it work and didn't work. I mean, that's everybody. And then she said you were, and that I was hurt by that. I'm like, I mean, every everybody has that, you know, by a certain point of life. And so she said, I had such bad, like, energy from my, like, hurt from him that it was blocking me. And I needed to buy a candle or crystal to clear that energy. She was selling them for $300. And, you know, 300 <laughs> is just the start, if you believe that. I mean, 300 is a lot of money in and of itself for a fucking candle, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, and then it would go further. You know, if you really go into it, you could be spending 20000 30000 And, you know, I mean, you love it. But, like, you know, there are people very vulnerable traumatized people like you're not at your best when you're in grief you're very shaken and maybe you also believe this stuff you know there's nothing you know that's no different necessarily just believing this without evidence than that would be being religious you know i think there's unfortunately a shame when people get conned in those situations that they feel like they were dumb but you're absolutely not dumb it's just based on your trauma maybe your upbringing you know if you were raised to believe this you know Again, please, like if you ever had that, that's no more dumb than if you believed in religion or, you know, so 
that's how they prey on these people. And then people are too embarrassed to come forward because they feel like they were stupid. And again, I stand by you were not stupid. Like, I have a friend who's like, I'm not going to give details to shame her, but she's very successful career woman, smart, like very successful. And she lost both her parents in her early 30s. And about a year apart, she went to one of these people and ended up giving them a lot of money. And she's like, I was on antidepressants. I had so much grief. I'd always believed that some of this could be true. So it's horrible. And of course, you have to laugh at it, too. Like, not my friend, but like this idiot being like, come buy my $300 candles to clear, you know, so they're horrible. I want, yeah, people like her should be in jail. So that's one of the horrible. And the other horrible was a little, it was just as bad and slicker. I don't 100% know she might actually believe she's doing this. I'm not 100% sure. But I went to this other woman and she was like, you know, kind of packaged in a very trendy, like, she had all these kind of like, testimonials from big people, like she lived in LA, she had like testimonials from like Deepak Chopra and like, Donna Karen, I believe. I don't know if I can, I hope no one sues me if I say this, but it was true. That's what I saw on her website. So she didn't have scientists backing her up, none of them. But I was just curious. I was like, I wonder to what extent the ones that have the like quote unquote celebrity backing are genuine versus not. I do have a conclusion on that now, which I am happy to share after I tell this story, but she was terrible and she wasn't nice. Like she was very clearly deceptive. She started with a line that was like, she like did this whole like prayer, which is fine. Like, I don't care what you have to do to get into your abilities, but then that that's fine. But it was using my time, which again, no judgment. I, if you can do what you're claiming, but it was very clearly part of like smoke and mirrors because then she went in, she started saying this, I forget the line, but it was again, something to apply to everybody. So I said, maybe this was snarky of me, but I was like, yeah, I guess that kind of sounds like the human experience and would probably apply to everyone. And she was like, <laughs> and then she just, she got like, I could see she was a little uncomfortable and kind of giggled. And then she just kept saying things that didn't weren't true and I kept saying no no and then she was like well can I ask why you're here and I said I want to get scientific evidence of an afterlife and she finally was like trying to clearly guess who I'd lost so I finally had to tell her my dad she kept getting stuff that was not true I kept saying no and then basically like she started taking me through these chants and prayers. And she basically was saying like, well, I'm going to teach you how to connect with your dad and how you'll know it's true. And I was like, but none of, I, I just want evidence. And she's like, well, when you try to get into proving situations, it doesn't work. And it's so funny. You came here thinking you were going to get proof, but really it's about you learning to prove it to yourself. And she said that my dad was saying I needed to be more trusting and that I'm really needing to learn to trust and gather my own proof. I'm like, I am trying to gather my own proof. And that would be for people who claim they can talk to dead people, giving me accurate information. So I most likely think she knew that she's fake, you know, and sort of deceiving people. I'm not positive. But then my can and then I once went to a seance with like, objects flying around and that I wrote about that in detail in my book that was so fake so clearly fake it was like poor stage magic and then like I said I would 
share my thoughts on the ones that are like celebrity based. And I've just come to think that's completely irrelevant. I've seen some with celebrity followings that are among the best in the world. And then like her, she was terrible. And so I just think it's irrelevant. It's overall, I would say it's what type of scientific scientific research have they participated in, but there's probably some who have not participated in scientific research who also have a celebrity following that are amazing. But I just think it's just a hundred percent irrelevant whether they have a celebrity base or not, that it's very relevant if scientists are certifying them and studying them. You mentioned your book. What's the title of your book? And tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So my book is What the Fuck Just Happened, or officially you'll find it under WTF Just Happened. The book is What the Fuck Just Happened, A Sciencey Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And it's about this. It's about my story of finding out from that first bit of research I did into time travel all the way to being, you know, skeptical atheist, finding and delving into evidence of an afterlife, getting to learn about the studies and meet the people personally and befriend many of the people and kind of all the mind blowing evidence as well as like funny stuff that happened along the way. Cause it was just kind of a, you know, I was kind of like quirky as I'm going around trying to investigate this and like trying to catch mediums cheating, it kind of like, like ridiculous things happen. So but I met some amazing people too, and it delves into them. Where can we find your book? You can go to my website and link to Amazon through there. And that is, my website is wtfjusthappened.net. You can also just look for it on Amazon, but. Is there anything else that you would like to share that we may not have touched on yet? I think some amazing evidence that I've been learning a little bit more about too. I guess there are two things I can mention quickly. Near-death experiences, Dr. Bruce Grayson, PMH Atwater, Dr. Jan- Janice Holden. Amazing. There are research, serious researchers studying people who have physiologically passed away and then have come back like resuscitated through normal medical means. And they share their experiences, some of which have been verified where they are getting information. They claim to be out of their bodies and then are getting information that occurred in the other room and or occurred at their home while they're in the hospital. I mean, just amazing stories that are being researched very seriously. And you can go to IANS. International Association of Near Death Studies.org to learn more. I just recently started really delving in and went to one of their conferences and it was amazing. And there's just so much science out there. There's neuroscientists like Dr. Jeff Tarrant who's studying mediums' brains and noticing just really fascinating data and results with their brainwave activity. Um, there's just so much. I, I, I mean, I'm actually, I'll give a touch of a self plug. I'm writing a second book now that's coming out probably in a couple months, um, probably around January. But the, the level of personal experience and evidence that keeps happening. And so if you're feeling nervous that there's going to be a catch to all of this, the further I was worried about this, I've now been studying this for seven years, or eight, seven, the further and further I go, the stronger and stronger the body of evidence becomes. And so if you're dealing with grief and thinking, maybe I just haven't found the catch yet, I don't think that's the answer anymore. And I really definitely did in the beginning think I'd find a catch. 
Well, thank you, Liz. This has been very informative. You did your research on these mediums. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, hopefully the listeners will know a little bit about looking out for the phony balonies. Yes, yes. Be careful of that. But there are ones that myself and scientists and researchers who are a lot smarter than me, full of like research experts and statisticians have concluded that a portion of them are real. So that is really mind blowing. And everybody should pay attention to the signs because there are signs. Yes, there are. Whether there are green feathers or other types of signs. Yes. Thank you, Liz, for your time with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yes, and you have your podcast and your book, and I'm going to put those links in the episode notes. Oh, I so appreciate that. Thank you. Have you been wanting to ride your broom like you stole it rather than hiding in the shadows? Theodora Pendragon is here to help your magic shine, whether you want to show the world your subtle sparkle or you really want to light your fire. Visit Theodora's online shop at witchcasting.shop. That's witchcasting.shop. Remember, there has never been a better time to be a witch. Thank you for joining us for Witchcasting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. Thank you.